Episode 209 of the Hob Nation USA podcast. And if you have a really trained ear, you can tell that we're on Zoom this week. Now, we said we would only use this in certain occasions, and this is one of those certain occasions, and we'll explain why. But first, I am joined by my co host, Adam. Yes, I am glad to be back again. Steve, I didn't have to give you a ride this week right. to our local brewery. So I'm I driving. got to stay in my living room, and I'm happy about that. And I'm, yeah. I'm ready, raring to go for this show. I'm psyched. No driving this week. Uh, also joining us all the way from North Carolina, you heard him on the episode that we did with John Dispenza from the Untapped podcast, but we are rejoined by Greg. Hey, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. How are you? All right, all right. So, and uh, we'll explain why Greg's on the show in just a couple seconds, because this week we're going to be drinking all burial beers. Yes. And Greg has been our supplier for burial beers. <laughs> we call him the connection. Yes. <laughs> he is the North Carolina connection. He's been sending us a whole shitload of burial beers for the past couple of weeks. And we've enjoyed that plenty. And we thought it was only apropos to invite him on this podcast because this week's guest is the genius behind all of the can art on burial cans. We are joined by David Paul Seymour. Hey, how's it going? How's it going yourself? Thanks for calling me a genius. I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Say <laughs> so we can we can print that out and send that to you afterwards. Yeah, that right. direct quote. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my business cards. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever need that for a dust jacket or anything else, feel free to use it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, this week we're gonna be talking to David about all things art. And we'll be getting into heavy metal and we'll be getting into all kinds of other things that I enjoy. And Adam and Greg can be along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saving, saying this is a self-serving episode. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but the, yeah, these are definitely all things that we enjoy. But yeah. Steve's definitely the uh, leader of the pack on this one. Right. But you guys do enjoy burial beer. So yes. we can get into that. And we might as well just get into our first burial beer of the evening. Uh, Adam, why don't you introduce it? It's All your, right. It's more of your style. It is. It is. And of course, this is Burial. Uh, everybody knows they're one of the prides of North Carolina, but this is their have everything and have nothing at all. It is a dry hopped Pilsner. Clocks in at about 5.2% ABV. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Steve's photography work right there. If not, uh, just find us on social media. We'll be there later in the week. But uh, taking a look at it, it's a good looking beer. Uh, it it looks like a Pilsner. It's got a little bit of cloudiness to it. Uh, full disclosure, I started drinking it before the show even started. And that's just, <laughs> that's just you know, that's just the way I am. Uh, I see Pilsner, I start drinking it. And turns out, yeah, it's good. Uh, it it does have a little bit more on the, the hop side. It is dry hopped. You would expect that. But it still maintains its Pilsneriness. It's still a good grass cutter. I like it. Who would have thought? Yeah, right. But me liking burial beers. Well, yeah, <laughs> and also you just liking something double dry hopped, yes, because it's also dry hopped with Simcoe Cryo. So that I mean, that's looking at something heavy, depending mm. on how much they put in. Yeah, that could have got real dangerous. But also, who'd have thought me liking a Pilsner because I enjoy it as well. It, yeah, it, the 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 hop character on it 
covers up a lot of those cracker notes that I don't love in Pilsners. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that dry breadiness. It this is a really refreshing, easy drinking beer, and it finishes like uh, dry enough. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. And you mentioned the cloudiness already. It's probably because of the dry hopping. Mm-hmm. You don't get the same, you know, clarity that you would just a plain Pilsner. And again, if you want to find photos of this, go to at Hop Nation USA on all your favorite social medias. Adam didn't give out the name. <laughs> we well, see you got to tease him a little bit and make him wait till the end. But that is not how that plugs. works. No, that is not how it works with Gen Z or millennials. You have to give them everything up front. They want everything now. They're entitled. I know because I'm a millennial. <laughs> got to make them work for it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, Greg, are you drinking the same thing we are tonight? I absolutely. There you go. What are your thoughts? Um. It's good, but I'm an IPA guy, so anything hoppy, I'm satisfied with. No right complaints on. here. It's burial. How can you go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I mean, that's the best way you could surmise it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it just, as far as like hoppiness, it falls just short of like what you would find with like a normal pale ale. Uh, but it still has like a, enough flavor that it, it, you know, surpasses what you would expect from a regular Pilsner. So, yeah, good on them. And it's only like 5.2, so... Yeah, it's good walking around beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've not had an opportunity to try that one. Um, I actually haven't gotten a chance to try a lot of the new stuff that's come out this year um, just because I'm not able to. They had to turn off delivery to um, to my state of Minnesota for, for the time being. Uh, I think why they sort that out. But, um, man, I'd love to get my mouth around that, that, uh, I, I like, I like Pilsners actually. Like I, I, I drink a lot of them probably more than anything. Um, my big go-to is probably IPAs and doubles to, also, but man, I love, I love Pilsners. It doesn't sound like yeah, that's a big thing with you guys, but, um, yeah, I love there. We've got a couple of homegrown ones here in Minnesota that, you know, they've been making for a hundred years. I call them grandpa antiques, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> Awesome, but we uh, we call them VFW beers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It, it's just kind of funny because like I'm not a big Pilsner guy, but Adam is a big Pilsner guy, hundred percent. And Adam's not a big IPA guy, but I'm a pretty big IPA guy. So it, it's just it's nice when we find a beer like this that kind of crosses both you know, aisles for us. So yeah, yeah, we like this one. And plus, when we yeah. get confirmation from Greg that it's good, I mean that just right. says it all right there. <laughs> Third party helps. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on and let's just dive in with David. Uh, as most people know, you are the, you know, like I've already called you the genius. Uh, let's see. What else can I say? Renaissance man. I can go with that because you're, you're not just the artist for the burial cans, but you do a lot of other art across platforms for t-shirts, designs, album artwork. Um, but can you give us kind of a brief backstory of like how you transitioned into art? Because I, I know you didn't start as an artist. Well, actually, I've been drawn since I was old enough to know how to hold a pencil or what a pen in my hand. But yeah, I mean, I... Um, I, you know, I, I was in a, a bunch of bands in high school and I was in the skateboarding in high school and, um, you know, got, got into, uh, drawing a lot through, through that, like, you know, and on into my twenties and at the nineties and whatever, and, you know, drawing for, uh, my friends, bands and bands that I was in, you know, and, 
Um, we'd sit around scheming up crazy ass ways to make t-shirts because I wasn't in a day back then when, you know, in the eighties and nineties, when all that stuff was even remotely affordable or easy to access or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. And computers didn't even exist. So it was really hard to translate artwork into, you know, something usable by somebody who could put it on a shirt and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I kind of got into the band art thing pretty early on, again, like in high school, junior high, high school and onwards and um, um, decided. So I got into architecture and that's what I did for over 20 years. I, I, I was in that. I went to school for that. I got a degree in that and whatever. Um, and, and I just got really tired of it, you know, like most people do with most things they do for that long. You know, I mean, I walked right into that kind of work like even just drafting before I even had a degree. I mean, I, I graduated high school on a weekend and went to work drafting on a Monday, you know, the next Monday and um, was in that business for a really long time. And <clears throat> I just got really tired of it. So I just decided to like start drawing stuff for bands. I just wanted to do something as a hobby, you know, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take up golfing or, or some shit like that, you know? And so, <laughs> I just wanted to draw stuff for bands and I, I never expected to make a dime out of it or anything. I just wanted to do it for fun. So I was giving a lot of stuff away and this was a little over 10 years ago. And, um, you know, when I was still at my last uh, day job and uh, sitting in a cubicle and I would go home at night and, you know, have dinner with my wife and kids and then we'd clear off the dinner table and I'd pull out a computer and some paper and start drawing stuff for bands. And I'd do that for about three or four hours a night and then you know in the beginning it was like just giving it away or whatever and then i realized like some of them were actually like no we need to pay you something you know and then so it just kind of kept growing i kind of turned it into a, from a hobby into a side business and then um you know the world i was in and my working world was really layoff always always has always will be and so you know it was always like waiting for a layoff to come you know and so me and a group of guys that i worked with got laid off and and um you know i'd been doing so well with the drawing thing on the side with so so little hours you know i'm not having to go to meetings i'm not having to like you know take lunch breaks or deal with baloney i just hit it and go and and so my wife said uh hey why don't you just keep doing that you know i know how unhappy you've gotten being in that in that world and i would have never done it if i wouldn't have got laid off so i'm really i i i was walking out the door with a big smile on my face my last day because you know i was like you guys are doing me such a huge favor other guys <laughs> about it wondering what they were going to do and i felt bad for them but i already knew what i was going to do we had run out of work so much by that point that like um I, I would volunteer to leave early because i'd run home and just start you know like extra time you know before the kids yeah, got yeah. i'd be cranking away drawing pictures and and these guys just hated me for that <laughs> <laughs> like man because i'd leave i'd leave as soon as I'd be, I'd get there two hours and they're like, I don't think we have anything to do today. Uh, who wants to go home? And it'd be like, yeah, Seymour wants to go home. Of course, send him. <laughs> I'd race home and, and crank away. And it's funny, man, because it was years I would have dreams where I'd be back at that job and I'd be like, what am I doing here? I got all these projects to work on. And this was years for years after I, you know, I started working on, uh, this stuff and left that job behind, but I'd be dreaming. I was, I was there and, and was trying to get out of there. Cause I had 
work to do at home. <clears throat> it's really funny, but um, that's how I got into it um, as far as the profession goes. So. Right on. That, that honestly sounds very similar to uh, like a lot of brewers themselves. A lot of brewers start doing it as a start home brewing as a hobby. And then, you know, they just are tired with their engineering job or, you know, we talked to Sam at Mondays and he was just looking for something to transition out of academia to, you know, do something else. So, yeah, that's a, it's, it's very cool that it has kind of a, that parallel. Um, can you tell us how you specifically started with burial, though? Uh, yeah. Um, so Tim Gormley, who was one of the co-owners and um, one of the three that started burial is uh, uh, Doug and uh, Jess, they're a married couple. They, they own it as well. Um, but Tim, Tim was kind of like that uh, third guy. And, and uh, I guess he was following me on um, Instagram for a, a good while because of the art I was doing for the band and stuff and really dug that. And then uh, I just remember one morning, uh, it was, you know, some stuff was going back and forth between him and I think Doug and Jess on Instagram. And they're like, this is a guy. And then it was, you know, tagging them in a piece. Look, look, look at this one. Look at this one. Yeah, this is the guy, you know, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, so they were like having this like conversation between the three of them almost on my, on my posts, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And so, uh, I think before that day was even over, uh, they reached out to me on like a conference call or something. And, and, and we kind of talked, started chatting immediately about, um, you know, bringing me on board to do the artwork. And that was at a time when that, so that was like one year in for them or, or roughly just about a year. And, and they were still just a tap room. They had, you know, nothing in a bottle or can, or, you know, I, I think maybe they were doing some keg beer, you know, for the tap room to serve, you know, but like they hadn't packaged the damn thing. And so, so, you know, they said, Hey, we, we want to just hit the ground floor with you and just go, you know what I mean? And like, we, and, and so the idea was like, they wanted to bring me on and, and have me work with them to build a look. They already had a really pretty good idea of what they want or they, they wanted that kind of edgy metal aesthetic, um, with a little bit of psychedelic, you know, weirdness to it and all that. And they are like, you're just, you know, perfect for the guy we were thinking of. And, um, I, I signed a contract with them that week to for exclusivity, and so I've been the only artist that you'll see occasionally, like a col a collab beer or something that from a, mm -hmm. maybe the other breweries artist once in a while will do it. But as far as you know, burial stuff goes, uh, I've, I've been the only guy, and and that's been really cool because the brand stayed consistent, the work for me has stayed there with them, and I've been able to kind of hone my craft as they've you know i've grown as they've grown and we've grown together and it's been a good relationship uh, absolutely obviously um seven eight years on now so um yeah that's that's really the simple explanation and it really was that simple i mean you know so yeah it's been great that's awesome so i i have a question whenever they they start in on a new beer uh do they kind of feed you what the beer is and what the name is going to be the beer or do you kind of work back from your artwork uh with the name or how how does that process work whenever a new beer is being brought out and the label is being designed 
Right. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very controlled process. Um, there's just like no room for error and we don't have the time to let it get into a situation where it's kind of like floaty, you know, or whatever. It's very mm -hmm. controlled, very rigid, is very time frame, you know, centric. And, um, so every midweek, every week, we get on a call. I get on the call with the uh, who's the art dire art director now. Um, I've been there working long enough where she's like the fourth one, I think. But uh, I think she's going to stay for a long time. I hope because she is just fantastic. Nothing, nothing about the other ones, but I don't think it was really. It, it started out. It was Jess uh, who who. Um, you know, was, was doing that stuff. That's, that's Doug's wife, you know, one of the owners. And before long, it just got to where that was just something she couldn't do, take on anymore. You know, there was too many other roles for her to have. So they brought somebody in and she was great. They brought a firm from North Carolina in at one point, some outside guys. And, um, they were great guys, but you know, it didn't work out that great. But the gal who's there now, like, and, and I think, it's been a couple of years, maybe she's, she's been in that seat, but it's fantastic anyway. So we meet midweek once a week and, and get on a call and we, we talk about the new projects. We have a, a, uh, like a project organizing, uh, hub that online that we funnel everything through and comment mm -hmm. and, and whatever, as the week goes on, as projects go. But, um, yeah, the, the, it comes to me in a brief, um, and, um, it's the name it's the style it's the a lot of times the 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 kind of like poetic copy that that goes on <laughs> for lack of a better phrase but uh, i get all that and i get some loose art direction as far as like um you know what doug wants um to see on the can you know more or less mm -hmm. and sometimes that can be just absolutely specific i mean very very specific the guy he he kind of is i think the genius not me but uh you know he he he'll uh either have this this is i gotta have it like like this you know i see this and sometimes it's like hey i got this loose idea and i'm gonna leave the rest up to you you know and so mm -hmm. it can either way and honestly i love that because honestly if i had to come up with three beer designs every week on top of all the band stuff that i do um i i, I don't know and i don't he's like an inexhaustible well so we really compliment each other really <laughs> um so and i don't know where he finds a time for it because he's running burial and forestry camp and three now three burial locations and and probably hundreds of employees now and it's it's kind of insane that he can still manage to eke out two or three ideas every every single week and they're just as crazy as ever so and he comes up with the names i don't do that um mm -hmm. so i i really think in my heart secretly somewhere he's got a note notebook stashed away and every evening he i don't know maybe smoke some stuff or something and, <laughs> but these names are they're they're freaking insane and uh anyway um yeah i i am I'm, I'm getting all over the place but um yeah we go through it every week and then it's a it's a really controlled process of like preliminary sketches kind of tighter sketches tighter sketches then an ink drawing and then and then and then a final finished piece and um it it, it runs like week midweek to midweek man by the mm -hmm. time we're we're just 
putting those ones from last week to bed. Here come the new ones and starts Start all over. Process again. all over again. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the output, the output from them too is insane. With that, that much, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, we've we've had our kind of core cans. We call them. There's about seven or so of those that you'll see on store shelves a lot that you can find all year or, or you know eat every year. And then obviously we have the one offs that just kind of they're just constantly cycling through. It's like mm-hmm. every. You know, something something new and and outlandish and it, it, it keeps it fun also keeps me in business and it, it working because you know if we just had the seven or eight and that's all they had then it would be really much else for right. me so, I'm like, on the on the consumer side we enjoy it because we get to see all the new designs and stuff that are coming out as well and see what's next yeah it's really crazy how it's 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 so about the beer because the beer is amazing it really is they're they're fucking geniuses in in that regard but like it's really cool that it's turned into such a design based like product or you know whatever for them because there are people man who send me messages and and emails and and on stuff all the time showing me videos of them just sweeping the room with all these fucking bottles and things and i'm like that's fucking insane you know what i mean like somebody has all that and they're they're holding on to it like like it's prized paintings or something like mm-hmm. that yeah. they have their own art gallery just 16 ounces at a time yeah exactly yeah it's pretty cool well i i think like specifically for burial and is i don't i don't know the exact timelines but i mean there there aren't too many uh breweries that have that aesthetic you had like three floyds i think maybe predates burial yeah Um, and then like adroit theory and then there's a newer one kind of in our area nightmare brewing and abomination maybe and that's about it as far as it goes is like really you know that awesome heavy metal kind of aesthetic so like few of them out there i mean uh like uh a good one is uh true out of um colorado but yeah they're out of colorado but yeah um yeah they definitely have that metal aesthetic i would even say they're they're probably lean to more even super aggressive like metal you know mm-hmm. black metal death metal kind of look you know where i don't know um where we fit into the metal spectrum but yeah I, it's definitely more that psychedelic as you're saying yeah, yeah I, I think and we'll, we'll talk about it more in the next segment but you know you you definitely have that aesthetic of using a lot of colors to pop against a black yeah you know? mm-hmm. and yeah so it's something i appreciate can you tell us uh like what your favorite can that you've done for burial is and what is the favorite actual beer that you've had if those differ um i'm not gonna be able to tell you what my favorite beer i've had from them because like and they all laugh at me about this because like i literally i can't i literally can't remember the name of the beer even during the week we're working on it (laughs) (laughs) and 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 like doug for instance remembers every fucking oh that's like blah 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 blah. and i'm like which one was that and they go the the the, the wolf skeleton one oh yeah the wolf skeleton (laughs) So I, I, unfortunately, I, ca- I can't pull that out because I, I I don't remember the goddamn names. But I will say, and I'm not just saying it to be a company man, but like uh, I've never had one I didn't like that that I didn't literally probably pop open and drink and go, this is my new favorite. You know what I mean? It's kind of that thing. So 
I don't know. That's hard for me to say. And as far as the favorite uh, art or design that I've done, um, I don't know, man. It, it, it takes a really special one for me to get psyched up about it. You know what I mean? Um, and they're, they're kind of few and far between. That's more just being self-critical than, than, than anything. So um, for the longest time, it was the skillet, uh, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. Um, I really dug how that one turned out. And that was a very early on one. That, that was like year one. Um, and and uh, that one was good. It took a long time for something to top that one. But um, we did a series that kind of Tim Gormley spearheaded. It was called uh, Ambient Terrain. It was like a series of, of these cans that had all these different like landscapes that went all the way around the can. Um, and that was probably at least four years ago. Um, but I really thought those were really pretty. It, it was like one was like a farm field from in Illinois and one was like a, a East Coast kind of scene with a lighthouse. And like the other one was like this uh, range of mountains and this big fucking storm was like rolling over the dark gray clouds were like rolling over the top about to smother it, you know, and like that one was you know so now those were my favorite after that and then i think recently if i pull one out and and again i'm not going to know the names of them but um there's one we i did with it's like these pink uh oyster mushrooms and these purple hands kind of all coming out of it if you guys ever saw that one or whatever um but uh, that was my favorite for a little while and then lately i really like um it's actually the one that's it's on a can but it's this graphic that's on a can. And I don't know what the name of that one is either. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that one. And I think a lot of it is because it reminds me of the way skillet was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of got this like kind of same. I don't know. It's, it's a woman on the skillet, but, but instead of a skull, but it's kind of same idea. Just, I like drawing stuff like that. So um, that kind of composition. Right on, right on. Yeah, I mean, we're into it too. It, honestly, Burial is one of the few beers that I've bought based solely on can art. And this this goes back a couple of years, but yeah. there, there's a place uh, around us called um, Vintage Estates, and it's in Ohio. And so they, they occasionally get Burial in, and I just happened to see a can on the shelf, and I believe it was something, it, it was like a farmhouse ale, and I believe it was like the Blade uh i can't remember it offhand but it was just like this one lonely can because it's all they had from burial at that time was just one farmhouse ale but it looks so much like a baroness album album cover and i was just like oh i just i gotta try it just to see (laughs) but it was such a good beer and then like i think a month later they had the skillet yeah the and then i was like oh it's a heavy ass stout we're getting this for sure i believe that the skillet was the first one that we've had on the show yeah, yeah, the skillet was the first one that made it on our show. Right, so, because yeah. that that was the one that I got introduced to Burial, was that right. beer here on the show. Yeah. It's such a good beer. And and I had a whole period where I was into really black beers and, like, um, whatever they were, you know, as long as they were dark and heavy, you know. But, like, oh, I got to the point where, like, I, I would be falling on my face a little too much drinking those beers, man. Like, <laughs> You know, and, and uh, so, so then I started getting into IPAs more and just kind of fits more. I'm, I'm kind of a more or less summertime vibe guy all the year round. You kind of got to be if you live in Minnesota. You got to kind of have that, you know, that brain. <laughs> thing going on, you that know? optimism. 
<laughs> drinking an IPA in the wintertime for me, just it's kind of like, you know, I close my eyes and I'm on a beach or <laughs> get a little tropical flavor at least. <laughs> so that, that does lead to another question of up in your neck of the woods, what are some of the breweries that you like to drink and partake in? Some of the ones that in your area that usually, you know, key in on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our big one, our probably biggest one that everybody around the country probably knows more than anybody is Surly. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they do a, a, a fucking, it's, to me, it's like maybe one of the most iconic IPAs ever, which is saying a lot. It's a bold statement, but um, they're called Furious, and uh, it, it's really good. They had, they followed that one with another one, uh, Todd the Axe Man. Um, and I really liked them when they first came on the scene and liked them for a long time because um, uh, the, the head brewer, Todd Haug, um, was, was uh, like a, a super nice guy and a genius at brewing and also like a, a whiz at like metal guitar. Um, and um, he, he's on, um, in a band uh, called uh, Pop. Uh, oh, God. Oh, I hate when I do this. All right, maybe it'll, maybe it'll pop in my head later. I'll stop thinking about it. But, uh, killer metal guitarist guy, fucking long hair, long beard. I mean, just like really fucking tattooed up, cool guy. So he brought, I think, like a cool feeling to that. But then it was funny because it wound up being like the beer for the masses here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? that's the only local beer like you get on a plane and leave from here that they'll serve you on an airplane it's on it's at all the game stadium you know so it's like a really big they just built a huge like multi-million dollar facility with restaurants and all this kind of stuff mm. they're kind of ubiquitous i think as far as our craft brewery scene goes but um there's almost two minute even count now which is funny because certainly really ran the roost for a long time and and now some other ones have have um i think really uh gave them a run for their money and market share around here you know and um one i really like it's it's just maybe 30 minutes north of my house i forget the town but it's called Hammerheart, and okay. uh not heard of that they're they're really awesome man they do all just bomber bottles right they don't do like cans and 12 ounces and that's old school i like that and they're all like wax dip tip you know bomber bottles but they're a lot of them are smoked so yeah they they do a lot with smoke and um they're they're really awesome but those guys are all super into black metal and (laughs) norwegian you know metal and stuff like that and when you go up to their brewery it's a small little place but you go in and it's the whole all the walls are lined with like Viking shields and swords and, and, uh, you know, Viking garb. And, and all they do is play like Norwegian metal and they play it at like 11, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, yeah. So that's, that's, a, if you couldn't tell, I kind of like people who, you know, kind of, kind of bring that metal vibe to the beer or whatever, you know, um, I have a new vacation spot now. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the gears turning from here, Steve. Yeah, we got, a, we got a lot of really good ones here. And th- there's the third one I would mention, and I'll just stop there because there's they're, they're just literally must. I think we actually found out there's like 200 breweries, uh, and most of them are in Minnesota, and most of them are just in the Twin Cities. But um, another really good one is um, uh, Prius. Or, uh, yeah. I never know if I'm pronouncing it right, but they make a IPA called a, a Miraculum, which is like, fuck. I, uh, if I had my pick of the litter, if anybody could just serve me an IPA and I'd drink it all night, it'd be that one. It's really fucking good. It's, 
as far as IPAs go. I will mention one more because they're worth mentioning and their art is fucking sick. They're not actually Minnesota. They're just our neighbors across the border. Um, but they're uh, they're called Drecker, D-R-E-K-K. Oh, okay. They, they make a lot of crazy good fucking sours and IPAs. Um, and their artwork is just fucking insane. Do you think my stuff's colorful? You should look at it. It's like somebody just vomited a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. They um they actually started getting shipped into uh, PA, specifically our Pittsburgh area, not too long ago. So, yeah, we've we've seen the uh, the sour brains with the yeah. Like, neon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, good man yeah i i didn't care for sours a whole lot until i got on board with their stuff and it just kind of changed it opened my palate up for that stuff a lot because they do it so well but right on right on yeah all right well we're gonna uh just if we can do quick quick last thoughts on the dry hot pilsner we'll do that and then we'll take a quick break but uh greg let's start with you quick thoughts on the uh have everything and have nothing at all dry hot pilsner real good i mean don't get me wrong i'm not somebody that reaches for a pilsner to start off anything but anything that's dry hop like that uh it's pretty good in my book i like that i still got three more in the fridge so i will be enjoying all of those i liked it <laughs> nice uh yeah for me it's super well balanced uh and also like i said the hot flavor kind of covers up the, the the notes of pilsners that i don't love so yeah, it's a really great beer and it's super fresh and it's super crushable. So yeah, love it a lot. Adam? Yeah, it I mean, we're going 3 for 3 here to nobody's surprise. Uh mm. but this is it still has that VFW beer vibe, but it definitely seems like with the dry hop it's going towards a bit of a younger crowd, you know, if you're looking like Desert Storm and newer and the VFW, those guys are the ones that'll be enjoying it. But <laughs> all in all, yeah, good beer. It's burial. Who's surprised? Yeah nobody listening to this podcast (laughs) but uh, all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back with segment two and we're gonna get to learn a little bit more about david and the art he does kind of outside of burial and inspirations and i'm sure we'll talk a little bit of metal but yeah stay tuned we'll be right back first sip brew box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in pittsburgh Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. It's episode 209 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're back. We're still on Zoom. It's still Steve. It's still Adam. It's still Greg. And we're joined by our very special guest, David Paul Seymour, the artist for Burial Beer. And if we're talking Burial Beer, that means we're drinking Burial Beer. And this segment, we are drinking... Well, it has about 15 different names, but the one on the can is also <laughs> While the Light is Lime, Enjoy Your Prime, and Just Don't Die This Time. It is an India Pale Ale with oranges, vanilla, and lactose. And the reason why I had to kind of go through all the different names of it is because it actually is one of my more favorite can arts that I've seen. It's basically modeled off of the old ice cream truck menus 
that you see out there in the world but every one that you kind of look at the closer you look at the creepier it is the grosser it is and then they've put names for all of the different uh, ice cream horror treats like the iron maiden chocolate chip cookie sandwich i enjoy that one a lot (laughs) but yeah 7.2 on the abv i was just gonna say uh you were asking me earlier about like new you know favorites or whatever this is definitely a new favorite as far as the artwork goes for me Mm -hmm. yeah that that one was a real treat to do man that was a lot of fun Ah, treat. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Boo this man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, I mean, it's an awesome can art. And also just going back real quick to the last segment, I, I looked up the name of the beer that first got me in the burial and it's called Blade and Sheath. Yeah. Farmhouse sale. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, this one though, looking at it, it's orange juice. You can see that pretty easily on the photos. Uh, on the nose, real orangey. A lot of orange in there. Yes. Yeah. But not in an obnoxious way. No, not in an obnoxious way. But when you drink it, what I especially enjoy, and it's something that we don't find a lot with these kind of beers, is that there's a lot of vanilla flavor in there. Yes. It is an actual dessert. Right. It's an actual orange creamsicle as compared to a lot of the other ones that they, they, they overpromise and under deliver mm. this one perfectly delivers. Yes. It, this one pops with, uh, yeah. Although I can tell that this one might be a little too bitter for you, Adam, but it is, it is, yeah. uh, this one is a bit, uh, deceptive in that way because a lot of times you see a lot of those, you know, lactose, you know, hazy IPAs. Okay. It's going to be rather soft. This is not necessarily like that. Uh, this one actually has some some hot pop to it, which you know I applaud them for that. Unfortunately for me personally, that's not my jam. So, you know, I appreciate what it is, but I'm not going to hammer four of them in a night. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I applaud them for actually having hops in an IPA that has happens to have haze in it. Right. Yeah, I, I will say it's sort of reminiscent of uh, some of those decadent ales. Mm-hmm. in the way that they're desserty but also like a little bit bitter but uh yeah the flavors are really big on this one so yeah. polarizing but i like it <laughs> yeah greg um, how about yourself what uh what do you got going on in your glass well i do not have the one you guys are drinking i have had it i destroyed that four pack shortly after i got it uh, <laughs> it was tasty i thought it was slightly heavy on the lactose for my liking so but obviously it's gone, so it didn't make that big of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm drinking now, I believe you've had this on the show in the past, uh, keeping with the theme of burial. We got the uh, spectacle of martyrdom. Yes, it's the uh, that 3.9 uh, uh, mild ale. So yes, I know it's not a beer in your opinion, Steve. But, uh, <laughs> but to make up for that, since I know I'm going to crush that one down pretty quick, I also have my backup skillet. Nice. So, uh, yeah. There, there's my segment two right there. I got to let this one warm up a little bit. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know that we have we actually had the spectacle martyrdom on the show. I know it's in my fridge. I don't know if you have or not. I don't think we've had it on the show yet, but it's it's in our fridge. It's from our care packages from Greg. So I'll from the connection, be, I'll be drinking one in the future at some point because I knows I have it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, how is it so far? 
I enjoy it a lot. It's exactly what the label says it is. It's a mild ale. It's very sessionable. Obviously, 390. You could drink that all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks dark in the glass, but it's it doesn't drink like that at all. I mean, it's, it's just it's, like super it's actually light. quite very light, very refreshing. And being oh. down here on the coast of North Carolina, 90 degree heat, this is this is great. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's 90 up here too. So we're mm-hmm. not <laughs> everybody's looking for something light and oh, soft. Yeah. But awesome. All right. Well, let's move on. And David, did you grab yourself a beer this segment? Well, <clears throat> I grabbed myself a I, I don't know how this is going to play with you guys. You guys might, <laughs> my guys might just boot me off, or um, I don't know. But uh, I, I did grab myself something, and it is quite tasty. So it is a strawberry rhubarb hard seltzer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, I ne- I've never drank hard seltzer before, and my wife came across some somehow she's like no you got to try this i'm telling you and i'm like no those things just taste awful you know what i mean and they, they taste like fake flavors and what these are actually really fucking good this particular brand and um like i, I think you were adam you said a grass cutter this is mm-hmm. a devil. oh yeah take this take two of these out while you're mowing the lawn and <laughs> they're, they're pretty good i i am a beer guy but these are a nice little change of pace. It's almost like having a cocktail um, that doesn't taste too boozy, you know? Yeah. A cocktail you can walk away from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, we can't really kick you off the show because on Steve and I's last brew day, uh, Steve brought over some seltzers and it yeah. turned out that we like them too. Yeah. Well, we like the we like the ones I brought over. That's the thing. It's just finding the ones that you like. All the other ones we've had so far were all medicinally. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so. they, they do these mixed pets. So this is uh, Fulton, which is another local. Um, oh. oh. Yeah. That's right. You are local. Oh, uh, that Fulton three hundred. Yes. Yes. So they do. That's, that's one of our favorite beers of our yeah. show. Yeah, 300's a fucking beast, man. That's a that's a nice just IPA flat out. But they did an excellent job with these. They come in these mixed packs. There's two different ones, and there's four flavors to each pack, and like none of them miss, man. And like we went to open the mixed berry, and we're like, oh man, I know this is gonna taste like coffee, <laughs> right? It really tastes like they're they're the only. The, the, I mean, they just got it. They I don't know how they did, but they just nailed it down. Mm-hmm. And, the fucking colors are fun. I mean, that's a strawberry, right. you know, so it's not, they're not all just clear, boring or whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're really good. Don't want to stray from burial talk too much. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, I mean, barrel was segment one, you know, we're, <laughs> we're into other stuff, but I mean, you, you honestly, look at it. It's three out of four. We're batting seven fifty. That puts yeah, us in fine. the hall right there. That's right. That's right. The the color though on it makes leads me to believe that possibly that Fulton is using real fruit for that rather than just kind of an artificial flavor. Yeah, it could be. Another interesting one, which is if there will be a segment three, I don't know how this goes, but I'll be uh, getting one. It's called uh, uh, Hopped, and it's a hard seltzer, and it's clear, and it's like just pure. It's like they just squeezed a bunch of hop juice into it, and uh, hmm. it's a hard seltzer with a hot flavor and it's, it's actually really good 
Lagunitas did was doing like hop water for a minute. It was non-alcoholic, so yeah. But, no, this is alcoholic. I mean, yeah. it, it's another seltzer in the seltzer family that they have, and it just for people who just want to have a hop, you know, f- kind of uh, flavor to it. You know, and it's really good. So yeah. no fruit. Yeah, our our minds are less closed now that we've found some that we like. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well, let's move on though and talk a little bit more about yourself, David. Uh, as we've been talking already, you you do a lot of art in the heavy metal aesthetic, and a lot of that comes from you know just horror and fantasy culture in general. Uh, I personally, I notice like a lot of like almost Frank Frazetta inspiration and stuff you do but also you use you play with color a lot so it's not just drab blacks and reds all the time you have a lot of stuff that pops Mm. so i just in general can you tell us like like more inspirations that you have inspirations that might be surprising to people who like look at your art and and you know general like music that you know gets you into that headspace um yeah i um uh, growing, you know, the funny thing is I get the Frazetta thing like all the time. And, um, I love Frazetta, Frank Frazetta. I think that, you know, the guy, the guy's such a master and he, he, you know, he deserves all the credit he gets, but like, um, I'm really not influenced by him that much. There really isn't much for me to take away from what he does other than like love and look at it. You know what I mean? But, um, I actually was really inspired growing up by, um, comic book and skateboard artists a lot. Um, it's more colorful and, you know, it's, it's, um, less painterly, more illustrative and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of good, like ink work and, uh, you know, technique on that side. Cause I'm not a painter. I literally can't paint to save my life. So I always tell people, you know, that I consider myself like, yeah, an artist, but like more of an illustrator, commercial illustrator. And I always liked, and, and, and I read a lot of books and, um, read a lot of interviews with those comic book guys in the early days and stuff. And it always amazed me how they had to like crank through this work at such a high velocity because, you know, the, the, you might have one artist working on like three different comic books at one time and they're putting out like, you know, fucking 26 pages of work for just one title and they're working on three and that's every month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of ways that's kind of what I do both with burial and with, with bands and stuff, you know, because, you know, I'm not like painting the Sistine chapel or something and spending years and slaving and, and, and just like excruciating agony over it and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, it's, and, and for me, it's more fun, you know, because it's like, you know, I, I, I'm just not the tortured artist type, you know, I'm pretty pragmatic about what I do and, and I like to just draw cool stuff and whatever. So growing up, I was really, like I said, influenced in a lot of, you know, by a lot of like more illustrators than, than like fine artists or any of that kind of thing. And, um, guys who did comic books and skateboard art. Um, um, yeah, so I don't know that that's, that's where I draw almost all my inspiration from is, is it, it's a, it's a particular, little cluster of those guys that I really like and, and have kind of held dear for a long time. Um, as far as metal bands and what I listen to, um, it's such a fragmented world, the metal community. Um, it seems like people, um, and I, and I found this even when I was in high school, you know, um, you know, it's like, Oh, you're, you like this, you know, this type of genre of metal or whatever. And, and I don't, and, and there seems to be a lot of like, 
lines drawn, you know, between those things. And I just never got that. I mean, I've always just liked really heavy music. And um, it's funny because I feel like the world of metal has not only got grown into subgenres as years have gone on, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously gotten more extreme, you know what I mean? Like you look at a band, you know, from like, well, you look at a band like Motorhead from like 1977 and on, um, versus even like, like Metallica or Slayer. And then you can look at bands now that make Metallica or Slayer seem very tame, uh, by, by today's standards, you know, cause th there's stuff that's so, um, extreme and aggressive and it just kind of gets more and more as as the years seem to go on um so uh, you know my, my wife is really surprised all the time because like she's like as old as you are man you ought to be like really mellowing out but it's like <laughs> you literally are getting into like heavier and heavier just more extreme shit as you you know so it's like i'm kind of going the opposite way man i almost get bored with um you know, stuff that's, that I feel is like getting a little too mellow, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So, um, I still like to bang my head, man. So, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like so many bands, my wife laughs, my kids laugh because they'll, you know, a song will come on on one of my playlists and I'm like, Oh, it's like one of my favorite bands ever. You know what I mean? They're like, every fucking band is your favorite band ever, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's hard for me to, to, to pull out like uh you know i've had my favorites over the years obviously i got a shrine back here to kiss which you know isn't the heaviest band in the world especially by today's standards but you know that's what i grew up on those were my superheroes when i was a little kid and um but yeah i mean i, I got bands like that that i really like get real fucking excited about but mm -hmm. i just love anything man and and I, I made it a point a long time ago when i watched my uncles like you know, in their early twenties or early thirties, and they're still listening to Journey and Ario Speedwagon and all the stuff that they listened to when they were like in junior high and high school, and they just kind of like never let it go. And they all sit around going, "Well, they don't. There just isn't anything good out there anymore like this." You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm never going to be that guy, and I never have been. Um, that was a point of some of the podcasts I've done in the past. Was just, you know, I had one where it was literally just seeking out every week like the newest new like heavy music, and that's kind of how I spend my time. I'm, I'm, this computer over here is like. Well, I'm drawing on this one. This one's over here just dedicated to tunes. And, you know, I'm just like ripping through Spotify, just looking for, the, <laughs> nice. for, for that next addiction. You know what I mean? And and so, um, yeah, it's hard for me to just break off. I mean, I could break off a list of bands I like, but that's kind of boring. And the point being is that, you know, I just love listening to, like seeking out and finding new mm -hmm. metal. Um, so what's, the, what's the, the latest band that you've gotten into? Like, what's the newest one that is, has piqued your interest and you've just dove in with them? Well, I could literally tell you, the, like, I, on any given day, if you were to ask me that question, I could tell you the band that just got me fucking hyped up <laughs> that day. And I've been listening to uh, this band called S-Fix all day today. And them and I uh, listened to uh, Autopsy's Live in Chicago album from last year. And that's literally, I just listened to those two things all day today. Nice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Ask me tomorrow; it'll be it'll be a whole different. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to say. We, I guess we have to start a daily podcast of what's getting David fucking hyped today. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be on our Patreon account. Yeah. 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 
I, I totally get that though of just like always wanting to find something new and different i don't always seek out like the heaviest stuff but i've been like finding myself branching into like what's weirder so like uh the, i don't know if you've heard zeal and ardor yeah. oh yeah 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 like that that was such an interesting new sound and then like brain tentacles was another one that i ran into that it's like jazz metal fusion oh yeah is, i love that kind of stuff yeah i did um i actually did a um it was like an illustration for kerrang magazine for zeal and ardor a couple oh, cool yeah yeah a really cool band yeah yeah so you've already mentioned how you're more uh you see yourself more as kind of a comic book illustrator and you know you've even done some comic books in the past uh do you have any books that you like are a dream book for you to do or is there any series currently that you would really love to be a part of um as far as comic book skill um i couldn't really say i, I kind of dropped out of the comic book collecting thing a while back there's a few titles that have sprouted up over the last few years that i've i've bought and and, and read that i enjoyed but um I, I don't really do the deep crawl diving through the comic book world anymore i'm, I'm I, I don't i don't like bad mouthing stuff or people or whatever i'll just leave it to say that like I, i'm i'm genuinely uh turned off by a lot of the artwork uh in it not not in any way trying to say like oh i could do better or my shit's so great or whatever it's just a personal taste issue um you know i got i got a whole fucking rack of old conan comic books back there and you know it I guess it's different than music for me. I'd rather I'd rather read through shit like that from the 70s and 80s and stuff than to see a lot of these like kind of digital gradient uh, colored like they, they look so clean and like don't look almost doesn't look like human hands ever touched that artwork on some of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it just it's just I'm not it's not interested. My bandwidth is too too small these days for entertainment stuff so i i just pick and choose what i like but so i couldn't really say like i don't i don't know that you know um i also found that like man doing comic books is a lot of motherfucking work dude like, <laughs> i i did three comic books uh three actual issues uh one one title two issues and another title the first issue and and then i just stopped man i i uh it, it, it's it's more work than a guy's like me's wired to do it goes back to what i was saying about those guys so much respect that even today for what it's worth that that these guys can power through so much artwork like that because it it is not easy man i mean every fucking box is is a piece of artwork and and, and it just there's just so much work anybody who's ever done you just ask them you know it, and they'll tell you man it is it is a lot of fucking work i'd rather i'd much rather sit and work on band t-shirts than do that ever again um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed doing, doing the ones I did. As a matter of fact, the, the, the main one with the two issues, uh, Kumasan, um, which is a really, really like personal near and dear store to me that I, I came up with like six years ago, but I actually found it much easier and got more depth out of it. I'm, I've turned it into a novel and I've been writing that off to the side. Like I start my day with that. I, I write for like 35 minutes every morning before I draw or do anything. It, just sort of gets my gears turning and get, I, I found it's perfect for getting my brain in the creative zone. Um, cause it, and cause it's also so different than drawing the, to sit and just write. Um, but I find the imagination component is a lot 
similar. You know, it's the same. I mean, I've always thought of all the stuff that I draw, whether it's shirts or album covers or burial cans or whatever. It's it's there's so much imagination, but it's also storytelling in a lot of ways. I mean, there's always a story to be told in a in a good piece, you know, and so. Um, it's just to me it's just another outlet for that but I've really been enjoying that and I found I've been able to bring a lot more depth to the story I was trying to tell than a comic book ever could because that's the only that's the other problem I, I that I found I did not like about comics also is it's very it's very surface it's very like you kind of move through guy says this quick little quip and this guy says that and then they you know, you got them, you know, but you can't really ever get into the kind of depth you you get from a novel or, or um, you know, something like that. So it, it was, it's been way more rewarding for me because I could tell the depth of story that I've been wanting to tell with it. And um, yeah, I think I'm about like a third of the way through, but that's the beautiful part about doing a project like that is I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not on a deadline for some publisher and I don't owe anybody anything. So, you know, um, the good part of every 35 minutes is me probably going back with the shit I wrote the morning before and going, oh, yeah. <laughs> like cleaning that up. And then like, I might get actual like five or 10 minutes of actual new writing. in. so it, it, it's a fun, but lengthy process, but it's, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. And like, I found that 35 minutes, like I could probably come in here at night, like right now and, and just write and write for hours. But I find like, it's going it feels like it's got a good flow and like it goes better like limiting yourself to those things and a beautiful thing is that is a project for you yeah 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 so i've got i've got access to publishing and stuff like that and and so when it's done it'll it'll actually you know just putting it out under my own banner and um it'll be out there so yeah that's awesome though yeah and it sounds almost like that the way drawing started as a hobby when you were in art in architecture this sounds kind of like a hobby now it's just a way to energize yourself and you know again you already said just have your brain think a little bit differently and you know give you that space so that's shift cool. gears just a little bit more mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really funny my, my wife said like I, I don't know why you haven't written in so long anyways because when i first got out of high school i went into drafting but i really wanted to all I ever wanted to be was like a lit a English lit professor. <laughs> That's a, the guy with the patches on his own. <laughs> I'm like that listening to jazz. I'm like, that seems like really fucking cool, you know? And, and, uh, I, I wrote a lot and drew a lot. I did both. And then I just stopped writing for a long time and until now. So. It's awesome though. Uh, also speaking of your writing though, that you, uh, have a hand in the story of a project that you're working on now as well called the planet of doom. Which is a, a, an animated feature, is it not? Can you tell us a little bit more about the Planet of Doom and just kind of like inspirations and the story behind that? Yeah, so um, I, I actually can't take all the credit. I, I work. Uh, I have a partner who who he and I work on it together, and um, <laughs> I say together. He he definitely does the lion's share of the work. I got to give him credit because he's the director, the animator. So I mean, really, the lion's share of like tedious day to day work that I would never have time to do is on his plate and would know how to do. And I'm only one of 15 artists on the project. So um, it, it's been a great way to work with so many other talented people. So it's it's a full length or going to be a full length uh, animated film. Uh, it tells a story, it's sort of very fantasy driven, a little bit of sci-fi element to it in just the way it kind of happens on different planets and different kind of 
you got guys kind of teleporting in and out of different things, but um, it's it's a basic classic revenge tale, and uh, you know it's it's like Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. It, it, it just you know this this guy uh, this this three headed winged beast flies into this guy's village one day while he's out collecting water for the village doing his turn, and uh, this the 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 monster just levels everything in flame and burns the whole village down, including all his kinfolk and his wife. And so he, uh, spends the rest of the movie just going on this revenge kill, you know, to, 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 to make his way to the beast and where he ultimately resides and, 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 and kill him. And he fully expects and wants to die in the end is, uh, you know, himself, um, because he really, that's all he's got left to live for. Um, but he, um, goes on this journey he meets these witches and he meets these different people and they seduce him and they beat him and they fuck with his head and they you know but in he's trying to he's trying to figure out what he needs for this quest along the way kind of thing you know and uh it, you know it, it's just really cool we got a lot of different artists and, and it's all set to music original music by all these great heavy bands and um there's no actual talking or dialogue in it so all the story uh, we call them chapters from chapter to chapter is told by the bands, you know, by the vocals and the, and the lyrics that they, that they written. Um, so I wrote the story, um, got six years ago, maybe. And, uh, I was talking to Tim because he was working on animating these cool little shorts. And I said, dude, why don't, why don't we do a full movie? And I figured he'd be like, no, but he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And so, um, we took the little kind of script that I, it wasn't even a script. It was just like a synopsis of like what the story was. And um, we fleshed that out into a full length movie. And then we gave each chapter to whatever band we thought would fit that chapter the best. And then had their lyricist or singer or whatever, you know, interpret it and the band interpret it. And, uh, and then they wrote their own lyrics off of that. And then we would take their um, song and then uh, Tim would take the treatment and the song and he would we, he would get with the artist and uh, that was going to be drawing it and say, OK, here's a song. This is happening here. Wow. Like, you know, I'm going to animate, you know, big hit with, you know, boom here, big explosion or something, you know, like that. And and just we you know, we put those guys to work, drawing the artwork uh, for that. And then Tim cuts it up, animates it and sets it to the music and um yeah, it's it's been really wild, man, and and um, we've made some really good friends along the way, you know, between the bands and the artists. And like I said, I, I kind of live in my own bubble, draw my own stuff, and I work with the bands that I work with. And usually, that's that kind of an arms like thing because we don't we don't live near each other where we can like meet up or whatever. So it, it's good to like come out of my bubble and and work with other people uh, besides just bands, but other artists too, you know, and see kind of like what kind of people they are, but yeah, it's really fun. It's still in production. And, um, honestly, like, um, it's been a long time that it's been in the process, but anytime I tell somebody what's involved and what has been involved in doing it, um, they, they kind of start to get it then. And even a lot of that's not just the work, but you lose people, people flake out, you know, you put a guy on, on a, on a part of it and they, and they, they flake out or they quit or they, or they just aren't, you know, meeting your expectations. Well, then you got to go through the whole process again of signing contracts and finding new people that agree to do it and take their place. And so it's, it's people like, when's this coming out? You guys are taking forever. Animating takes a long time. <laughs> keeping, 
artists and bands happy or, 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 or like working on it themselves, you know, like that, that, that's a whole art form right there too, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. can you tell me about uh, some of the bands that are involved in the project that you've worked with? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got some really killer bands and, and obviously, it, it, you know, if you're in the, the no metal, especially like, because it's called Planet of doom, if you're into like doom metal or stoner rock and that kind of thing, they're, they're all pretty, uh, you know, killer bands, but I'd say one of the more like big bands, a classic metal band we, we have is a, a band called Sirith Ungle. And, um, these guys were like, um, a really killer, killer, like metal blade, blade band in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, it's funny. I was just telling somebody over the weekend, um, that cause, the, cause a guy from the band texted me, he was like, what size shirt do you and your daughter wear? You know, and he wanted to send me one. But the funny thing is like, I was a huge, huge, huge fucking fan of them when I was like 14, like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And now like the guys texting me and asking me like, you know, what? <laughs> so that's, that's pretty fucking cool. But like, yeah. And, and then with them, they, 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 uh, I don't think ever really quite got the credit. They, they were right on the heels of somebody like an Iron Maiden or Metallica, but they never quite reached that because they kind of folded up before that could really come to pass mm-hmm. and uh they had this younger guy who kind of got him back together and said man there's so many people that love you guys and loved you from back then listen so literally the song they did for their for our movie kind of brought them back out of part of bringing them back out of uh, their their kind of sequestered you know oh wow uh for decades and it was the first song that they wrote and recorded in in like 27 years holy cow so I was, man, we're just like, I was still kind of pinch myself about that, that I'm friends with them. The first song they did was for my fucking movie. And like, it's just so fucking crazy. Um, but they're really cool guys. Now, now they tour all over Europe and places playing to like 30,000 people at these metal festivals. And I'm so happy for them. Cause they're, 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 it's like no time ever passed. And they've mm-hmm. got a couple of brand new albums since they reunited several years ago. And like, Dude, they're—I swear—they're better than the records they put out in the '80s. Like, it, it's just insane. So check them out. Um, we've got band like bands like Conan, uh, Slomatics, uh, Vokonis, uh, Elephant Tree, who, by the way, is one of Jimmy Page's favorite new bands. Um, I don't know why that's relevant, but I think it is. Um, it's good. It's good press for them <laughs> to have Jimmy Page yeah. talking about them. <laughs> um. Yeah, a, a band um, called uh, Mesa from Italy. Um, uh, the band Wofat, which is a, 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 they're like a huge stoner psychedelic band out of Texas. Um, oh God, here I go again. See, <laughs> I just, I, I'm pretty sure I'd get diagnosed with some sort of memory issue if I if I went look. <laughs> but I've been that way my whole life. I have so much so much trouble recalling things on the spot like that but um yeah a lot of killer bands man and, and a lot of a lot of great artists and um it, it's going to be a killer movie when it's done right on yeah I, it sounds super involved like you're you're explaining like it's animated but it also has the elements of like syncing music to it. it so it sounds a bit like music videos but it's also kind of an anthology like the abc's of death in a way <laughs> yeah and yeah. then also um I don't know if you've seen it, but like uh, Kennedy uh, Tarkovsky, Tartakovsky, yeah. he he put out that uh, TV show called Primal, yeah. which was animated, and there's there's no dialogue in that either. Yeah, 
Wait, is that the guy that did Dexter's Lab? It is. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. already in then. Yeah, he put out he put out an adult animation called Primal that it's just like it's it's all cavemen. So it's cavemen and dinosaurs and it's again high fantasy. But Okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. sign me up. It's it, if you haven't seen it, man, run run fast and go see it as fast as you can watch it tonight. You will not be disappointed. It is fucking insane. Right on. Yeah. And it's brutal shit too. I love how it's brutal. Oh yeah. But, you know, it's like in a cartoony kind of way, you know? It's like it's like Cartoon Network, but the movie heavy metal in a way. They're yeah. A, another blend, but yeah. Uh let's come back to the beer that we're drinking mm-hmm. for Adam and I, and then we'll go to Greg for his. But uh just to remind everybody, we're drinking the burial. While the light is lime, enjoy your prime and just don't die this time. The uh the orange IPA with vanilla and lactose. 7.2. I enjoy it thoroughly. But Adam? I I understand what the beer is doing. And I like most of it. Uh, although it does have a little bit on that hop side of things, which is not my jam. That's my problem. Not Burial's problem. Uh, but yeah, I, I like what they're doing with it. Uh, if, if you like, uh, if you like, you know, those hazies, but you actually want a little bit of hop to go along with it. And a little bit extra flavor, yeah. Grab this beer, you'll be into it. Right on, yeah. It's got it's got a little bit of punch. It's it's a nice dessert for the summer because it's not as heavy or as thick as like a stout or something like that. Yes. But, yes. Uh, Greg, how's the Maldale treating you? Uh, it treated me pretty good for about ten minutes of this segment, and then the, uh, <laughs> then, then the stout finished me off pretty good. Since you know, again, the whole ninety degrees in this entire country, all weather stout weather. Yeah, it was good. Nice. Excellent. Greg knows the branding of the show. <laughs> I, I may have listened to one or two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just here to look good. Right. And David, how's Harold Seltzer? Uh, was good. Right nice. <laughs> nice. It, uh, it was very strawberry. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get the rhubarb part. I think they could have just called it a strawberry seltzer and left that. Because I don't get the rhubarb. And believe you me, I've put away quite a few <laughs> day and I know what that tastes like and I don't get that. But again, I gotta I gotta give those guys props, Fulton, because they, they really man, they got the flavors nailed and you know, we we've tried a few just to compare of other brands and like like you said, that it, it tastes phony, tastes kind of medicinal and this just really tastes like yeah, they could be sticking real fruit in here for all I know. Really good. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, that's good to hear that Fulton, uh, a brewery we love, but, uh, you know, it's good to know that they're still putting quality products out even when it's not beer. So cool. (laughs) And that we can't get them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a trip to vintage to see what they have because that's (laughs) where I get my 300 from too. So I get my burial, my 300 from vintage, (laughs) (laughs) but all right, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with a game and then we're going to play. Is it a beer? Is it a metal song or is it both? Good luck to Adam and Greg. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. 
Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycalledthisamovie.podbean.com. They Called This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. It's still episode 209 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and you've made it all the way to segment three. Congrats. And it's still Adam, Steve, and Greg joined by their very special guest david paul seymour the genius behind the burial artwork <laughs> as long as as well as many other things have you've already heard but uh yeah well let's start out segment three with another burial beer and greg tell us what it is well in this segment we are drinking the metallic vessels which is the black lager with coffee and as you can tell the uh by the sick artwork on this can, it's going to be absolutely delicious because everybody drinks and tastes with their eyes. So since I've had this before, and I don't know if you guys have, but I'm going to enjoy some more right now. And it's absolutely delicious. Solid lager, great coffee flavor. And again, absolutely disgustingly sick artwork. Good job. <laughs> I, I don't think I can add anything to that. that yeah, you hit it all. You know, I, I will say that I have had this before and I'm going to have it again and I'm okay with that. And again, and again, and again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like, I like the, the black lager being, you know, connected up with the coffee beers as well. I don't think that has been put together too much before. I'm glad that it has now, but uh, this is definitely the type of beer that you kind of want to drink in the evening time. You know, just sort of, this is your kind of, I'll say, come down beer after dinner. You know, you start watching Jeopardy and stuff like that. The day is done. You know, if you want to start yelling at the TV a little bit, yeah, grab this beer. You'll be doing all right. Uh, you know, Adam, you called this an after dinner beer. And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it is. I think it's a good, you know, uh, after dinner beer. Yeah. But also, this totally could have been in the 1930s and 40s when it was cool to drink before work and when it was cool to drink on your lunch break this could have been one of those kind of beers too you get your coffee and your beer i really yeah. love i really love the coffee flavor in this beer because mm -hmm. it is just super straightforward it tastes like a black cup of coffee you can tell there's no, like no like other kind of like adjuncts or anything else silly in there it's just kind of a straightforward i'm guessing a check dark check lager with uh with coffee i'd buy that i'd yeah. buy that but uh, i will say this would pair perfect with a slice of pie sure grandma, yeah a slice of pie at grandma's house yeah sign me up it go it'd go well with uh like barbecue or steak too mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna so, say steak yeah yeah so but yeah great beer Who'd have thought? <laughs> we said it before. We'll say it again. Yeah, right. Uh, so, but, yeah, David, David, the man who has already made it in life because he has a comic book rack in his house. <laughs> <laughs> you are living the dream of many of us already. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I well, first of all, I want to say I, it's really cool you guys pulled that out because I haven't thought about that uh, piece in a long time, and like that's got to be another favorite of mine. That 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 was that was pretty cool. Like I said, I I, I don't like toot my own horn or anything, but there's certain ones that get me jazz that I was proud of. I did, and like, um, 
I love them all, but every once in a while, one of those ones like that one, just I'm like, oh yeah, dude, that's just got all the boxes checked for me and what I what I like to draw and how I like to do it. So um, I am back to the uh, Fulton Hard Seltzer this time, doing the hot as I described earlier, and um, yeah, this one. Could have been cool if they threw some green in here or something. I don't know, but maybe that had been too St. Patrick-y or something. Like that. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's clear. It's got a little cloudy kind of thing going on, I, I guess, from the maybe the hot juice or something, you know. But, um, yeah, it uh, it's really tasty. It, it, it tastes exactly like what it says. It, 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 it tastes like hops. And like you were saying about the other one, just tasting like coffee, it's kind of the same thing. There's no, there's no, well, there's straight up no bitterness to it at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, cause it's, it's kind of on that, um, seltzer kind of spectrum, but, um, yeah, it's really good, man. It's, it's, um, it, it's hoppy and it's like, again, the kind of thing you're out mowing the yard or sitting around the pool or, or that kind of thing, like, and you want a little hoppy flavor, but you, you're not wanting to choke down some beers or, you know, especially some heavy IPAs or something like that. It's a way to get a little hop in there. Um, it, it's definitely more hoppy than say some of those pilsners or things where you, 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 you discover just a little bit of hoppiness to it or something. You taste that they make the beer with hops, but this is just straight up hop, but it doesn't, doesn't taste like an IPA or or anything too crazy. It's kind of weird, but does they say on the can what kind of hops they used in it? Um, yeah. Well, there's nothing on the can that tips you to what kind of hops they're throwing in there, and you know, and then the only thing in close to that is ingredients. It's filtered water, alcohol from glucose, hops, natural citrus flavor, which I I don't get that at all. But um, that's just me. And some uh, carbon dioxide. So, um, this top, maybe it's whatever they had laying around. Uh, that's, that's what I would guess. Just kind just... of a, a blend, a blend of what was sitting about. <laughs> Proprietary blend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let's move on to our game for this segment. And the game is Is it a beer? Is it a metal song? Or is it both? And so I'm going to give you a title and you tell me just that beer metal song or both and then there's also going to be a bonus question with every one of these so with that uh, i'm going to let david start and simply your title is frost hammer is it a beer is it a song or is it both it is a song for sure by high on fire and um I don't know if that also was a beer or not, but I definitely should at least get half point for knowing the song. <laughs> I don't know that I can give you half points. Uh, I don't know that I can do that. Nope. <laughs> but you, you're absolutely correct. It is a song by High on Fire. I give it to you, obviously. Start you out easy. You know, <laughs> I know you're a big fan yeah. of High on Fire. So, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, it's also a beer, though. Oh. Yeah, by surprisingly Harpoon. I don't even know that brand. So. Uh, Harp Harpoon is a brewery out of uh, they're out of Massachusetts. They're they're pretty okay. big on the East Coast and Atlantic area, but yeah, I can see how they might necessarily not make it to the Midwest. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so your your bonus question though is, can you give me the style and ABV? 
Oh shit. Of Frost Hammer by Harpoon. I'm I'm gonna just venture a guess here because I don't I, I didn't even know it was a beer, so obviously <laughs> um I am going to say that it is a um, stout clocking in at about 9%. Ooh, very close on that, sort of. (laughs) It's a a Doppelbach that clocks in at 10.7. Yeah. And just for people who know Harpoon, like, the fact that they made anything that's both a Doppelbach and 10.7 is pretty impressive. But yeah, uh, Adam, we'll yeah. go to you. Oh boy, you're next. Hammer smashed face. Is it a beer? Is it a song? Or is it both? I will say it is just a song, and that is only half correct. <clears throat> okay, it is a song, Hammer Smash Face by Cannibal Corpse, mm-hmm. but it's also a beer by Brash Brewing. Out of Houston, Texas. Oh, I was not aware of that. Yes. For your bonus, though, there is a brewery called Ghost Town, and they have a series of beers that replaces face with blank. So it's hammer smashed blank. What is the blank? Oh, shit. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll be the hopeless romantic and just say heart. That is wrong. Oh. <laughs> was I even close? No. Absolutely oh, all right. not. <laughs> You should you should have thought more beer minded, because it's hops. They replace face with different types of hops. Ah, so they have okay. hammer smashed citra, hammer smashed strata, hammer hammer smashed mosaic. The smash is. The, oh, that should have uh, keyed in on that. Yeah, there you go. There you did, go. did they have anything with fuggle? No. Then I don't care. No hammer smashed fuggle. I'm sorry. No fuggle. No care. Yes. <laughs> Greg, on to you. This is yours. Screaming for vengeance. Is that a song? Is it a beer or is it both? I'm going to say both just because I have no idea. That is correct. Whoa. All right. Screaming for vengeance. A song by Judas Priest. Also an album by Judas Priest. Yeah. And it's also a beer by Looking Glass Brewery. Your bonus how many Screaming for Vengeance beers are listed on Untapped? Am I allowed to look? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, screaming for Vengeance. My hands, I'm proving I'm not looking. Uh, <laughs> uh, 17. No. Five. All right. Oh. <laughs> I was a little high. There are a lot of Screaming for Vengeance beers. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's still a, a hefty number. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people apparently love Judas Priest. <laughs> now, I didn't. I didn't think a, uh, a different beer companies were allowed to use the same beer name. As far as I know, because of the work we do with mm-hmm. that's that's odd. Yeah, I is if uh, it depends on how litigious the brewery is and how much they look into it. Like, there's there there's probably at least like 30 beers called Saison of the witch out there. Like it just depends on how much people really care about defending their brand. So like I can see like three Floyd's really wanting to defend alpha King, 
or you know burial wing to defend skillet or in like stone is super litigious the they'll sue for any fucking thing so <laughs> but yeah yeah not everybody wants to yeah especially if it's just kind of maybe a one-off beer yeah. mm-hmm. not everybody cares yeah. that much but, drain the kegs and move on kind of thing yeah, yeah. There's there's bigger fish to fry. There's fucking can art with Flintstones on them that you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, coming back around to David, your next title is Ghosts of Perdition. Is it a song? Is it a beer? Or is it both? Damn it! There's too much metal out there. <laughs> the guy's only got so many hours in a day uh, <laughs> I think the smart play here would be to say both but I don't know I, I, I'm going to say maybe just a beer ooh that is incorrect should have went with the smart play and said both Ghost of Perdition is a song by Opeth off the song or off the album Ghost Reveries. And it's also surprisingly a beer by Atwater. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, man. I... But uh, Atwater, uh, they produced a barley wine called Ghost of Perdition. I don't know if it was actually tied to Opeth or not, but yeah. Uh, David, your bonus though is. Is there more minutes in the song or are there more alcohol by volume in the barley wine? I'm going to say more minutes in the song, knowing Opeth and some of the stuff they do. And David gets a bonus point. There are 10 minutes and 29 seconds in the song, but there's only 8.9 ABV in the barley wine. (laughs) I say that's a hard ass question. Bring it in barley wines. Right. It's usually well, barley wine. That's double digit easy. Exactly. That's why you got to think. You, you got to take a take that gamble. Is it, <laughs> is, did Opeth did Opeth go long or did the barley wine go soft? <laughs> so weak as barley wine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm actually going to go to Greg on this one. So Greg, your title is Dope Smoker. Is it a beer? Is it a song? Or is it both? I'm going to say it's a song only. Ooh, and that is incorrect. Uh, uh, All right. It is both. Dope Smoker, a song by Sleep, and a beer by the Dry Hot Brewers out of Chicago, Illinois. This one is super interesting to me because it is a smoked West Coast ale. Nice. Smoked West Coast IPA, That's really very but very you know. say, Steve, yeah. I didn't know that you moved to Chicago recently. Right, <laughs> it's close. <laughs> um, Greg, though, uh, your bonus question is: How long is the song "Dope Smoker"? <laughs> oh, shit, I want to say I want to say four minutes and twenty seconds, but let me think. <laughs> 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 it's got to be something stupid. Let's let's say thirteen and a half minutes. Okay, and you're off by about fifty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dope smoker, the song. 
is 63 minutes and 31 seconds. <laughs> and it got a defeat. got nothing on that. <laughs> it's just basically the whole album. And then depending on what issue you get, you get like a live track or a B, B side. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam. All right, let's make this happen. Final one of this round. And then we have a big giant bonus question at the end all right um but uh yeah yours is all i see is carrying is it a song is it a beer is it both i oh i'm going to say both and that is incorrect shit (laughs) <laughs> I lured you into my trap. You, you totally did. <laughs> it's only a beer, surprisingly. With that metal ass song, it's only a beer. <laughs> yeah. Hold, somebody needs to start taking notes on this so they can have a song like that. Yeah. Uh, your bonus question, though, is simply tell me what brewery it is. What was the name again? All I see is Carrion. I am going to go with. Hmm. Who farted? And that is incorrect. The uh, the correct brewery is Adroit Theory, mentioned earlier in the episode. Ah, yes, I was I was close. It's a it's a Belgian quad ringing in at twelve percent. Oh, I get down with that. <laughs> Even if there isn't a song that goes along with it. <laughs> All right, on to the final lightning round, and the way this is going to work is. I'm going to ask you to name a band that Three Floyds has collaborated with. And we're going to just go around the horn. And for every one that can be named, you're going to get a point. Currently, points are Adam, David, and Greg are all tied at one. Wait, I got a point? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, somewhere along the line, you did get a point. (laughs) A charity point, I'm sure. (laughs) All right. Yeah, but uh, with that in mind, actually, no, Adam, I don't think you actually do have a no, point. No, I'm pretty sure you snuck one in there. Yeah, this is no, this you is full have on zero. collusion. Yeah, you do have zero points. You, you didn't, <laughs> I'm looking at the questions I gave you. You didn't get any of that right. No, the fix <laughs> is right. in. I'm not even trying. Yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna go. We're gonna go around the horn, and it's gonna go David, Adam, Greg. And so we'll start with David. Can you name a band that Three Floyds has collaborated with to make a beer? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass for now. <laughs> Adam. Oh boy. Three Floyds. Bands. Mega death. No. <laughs> All right. Greg. Metallica, which I know, I know that they ain't one of them. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, close, but no. <laughs> David, back to you. We'll see how many times we can go around. Maybe. Yeah. Um, did did they not do a beer with the band uh, Fifteen Forty Nine? Fifteen Forty Nine. Um, That's not it. that it's not on my list. I'll look. I'll look into it. Is it okay if I look since I already gave my answer? You can look for that one and I'll look too, but it's not on my list of beers that I have or bands that I have. The list is fucking huge. So it's. <laughs> so I just completely missed the, uh, the dartboard. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta think metal. I feel like there's at least one you would get at him, but... And uh, I, I, I tricked my own self because it was Surly who did the uh, the beer with the band 1349. And also, I said 1549, so getting the yeah. name. <laughs> no points are awarded because I didn't find... <laughs> yeah, in my own research, I did not find it either. Adam, back to you. I'll say Baroness. Oh, close, but no cigar. Greg. And this is this is the last time I'm going to go around. And the, <laughs> the next one is just like name the number of bands. And <laughs> um, still trying to guess a band that they collabed with, right? Yeah. Oh shit! I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to think crazy here. Uh, Pig Destroyer. That's a Greg, great. Guess. Greg gets a fucking point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great guess. That's a great guess. shit. <laughs> Greg gets a fucking point because they've actually done two or three beers with Pig Destroyer. <laughs> And it's caught out of the air by Frank O'Harris. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's I'm gonna, mumbling, he's mumbling. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go one more round around the horn be, just because Greg actually got one. David, do you have a, do you have another guest? Um, uh, I'm gonna just pick somebody at random because I, I just can't do this. I'm gonna just say Dark Throne. Ah, uh, no, I did not find Dark Throne. Yeah. I believe they've done a collaboration though, but I don't think it was uh, with Three Floyds. But I'll, I'll look into it. While Adam, do you uh, have a guess? Yes, I'll say Dying Fetus. No, Ofer, big old bagel. <laughs> That's a big goose. <laughs> and back to you, Greg. I'll give you the chance for the final point if you really want to cement this. I got lucky on the last time around. I don't know. Jennifer Lopez, how's that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez was not invited to Dark Lord Day. <laughs> For good reason. Uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, Greg, you win with two points. David has one point, And Adam ends on the goose egg. Somebody needs to get out of the REO Speedwagon mindset. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't judge me. <laughs> uh just for a couple, uh, just for a list of the other bands that have collaborated with Three Floyds, At the Gates, Obituary, Skeleton Witch, Exodus, Layer of the Minotaur, Amana Marth, I Hate God, Municipal Waste, and High on Fire, Pelican, Cannibal Corpse, Mastodon is the one I thought Adam yeah. yeah, and Corrosion of Conformity. Those are the uh, ones I found. <laughs> wow. Should have got Mastodon. Yeah. I thought you were going to get Mastodon because you said Baroness. So I know. You were, so, you were so close. I know. I know. That's okay. We're still friends. Yeah, that's fine. Um, hey, you say- fun fact, uh, the guy Todd Hogg, who was, Haug, that I was telling you about, who was the head brewer for Surly. So when he parted ways with them, he actually went to Three Floyds. That's where he still is now. And, mm. um, and then I also did think of the name... Uh, the band that he was in is Power Mad. Okay, yeah, that was that was another band that uh, Three Floyds did a collab with, yeah. as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 
yeah I, I yeah i i sort of remembered that name when you mentioned it but i couldn't i couldn't place it but yeah they did a collab with power mad as well um but yeah good game all around everybody tried their best <laughs> i hope everybody had fun <laughs> i mean you obviously put a lot of work in the whole thing. that a lot of R&D had, had to, a lot of research you had to do on that yeah hey, david if you're new you know you're new to the show but that's that's the way these games go is i put a lot of research into making people fail <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, Ma- it's mainly me yes it's a personal it's a personal pleasure because i'm just trying to expand your horizons adam i'm trying to give new things into your world <laughs> well, you, you have done that you have done that yeah so I inject a lot of crazy horror movie and metal trivia into your brain. But <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, with that though, uh, let's come back to David and David, just feel free to tell us about all of the places people can find you, your projects coming up, any websites, social media, anything else you want to plug. Yeah. Now's your time. Yeah, most things on social media just fall under my full name, David Paul Seymour, which um, I still no no one who knows me like our good friends or family call me that uh, just because like it's my middle name. But like it's so it's so funny. Like I I, I think it sounds ridiculous, but like I, I came up with that, year, you know, 15 years ago when I first got on the Internet with my stuff and realized there was a photographer named David Seymour from back in the 40s and 50s who was really famous so i was like i don't know maybe smart enough to realize i would never come up in any google searches that way so you know being in architecture i'm like oh david paul singer sounds kind of like frank lloyd wright so (laughs) but anyway so um yeah it's just david paul's at david paul seymour for instagram uh facebook um and those kinds of things um we also um the planet of doom.com um for the movie um as far as the book goes, follow me on social media. I'll definitely be making it very clear when that book is out. So, and, and does that book have a different title from Kumasan, or is it? No, it's, it's called Kumasan. It's actually going to be a series of things go well. Um, the the first book deals with the first sort of arch villain, um, and it's so the first book is called uh, Kumasan: uh, the The Legend of Blackwing. So. Right on. Awesome. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, Greg, do you have anything to plug or just you want to shout out a North Carolina brewery other than burial if you want? Uh, nothing to plug, but I'd like to shout out the fact that I'm on a podcast with David Paul Seymour right now. And I do follow you on Instagram and I think your artwork's amazing. And thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast. It's great. Hey, thank you, man. I, I, thanks to all of you guys for having me on, man. I really enjoy these kind of things. I don't get to do them nearly enough. It's, Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I mean, just a quick shout out to, to um, the 16 ounce uh, artist who does an entire podcast featuring everybody who's a can artist. Uh, you're honestly the first one that we featured on our show. We focus usually more on brewery uh, and it, uh, but we try to do brewery adjacent people as well. And we just love your artwork so much. That we couldn't deny to have you on first as kind of the first person that we interviewed mm-hmm. but yeah wow. the 16 ounce artist his podcast you know features everybody in the beer world who does can art so yeah and just to clarify it's 16 ounce canvas 
Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes. 16 ounce canvas. I just want to make sure. So if anybody goes looking for it, they know. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, AJ will be mad if we. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, for us, if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Stitcher Pod, being Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, anything that starts in pod and ends in cast. We're there. And if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six-skillet show, but they only let us use five. That's a bigger crime than nobody knowing that (laughs) Obituary (laughs) was doing (laughs) beer collabs. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Again, thanks to David for coming on the show. You know, we love your artwork and we love what you're doing outside of the world of beer as well. So we, we look forward to seeing more from you. Yeah, thanks. Greg, um, we're, we don't think we're going to get to Asheville or anywhere again this year, but uh, yeah, try to find each other next time we come out and have a beer. You know, it sounds like a great plan, uh, but I am on the other end of the state. I am on the coast. I'm in, I'm in 45 minutes north of Myrtle Beach to give you an idea where I'm at. Uh, okay. <laughs> but come on out for a vacation. We can, uh, we can set something up. There's some good, there's some good <laughs> shit to drink out here. Sounds good, man. And if and the, uh, Brutal Beer uh, Fest ever comes back, uh, which was our heavy metal and beer festival, uh, yeah, if that ever comes back, maybe that can entice you to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ever never been, so that would be great. Uh, and thank you to Greg for coming on the show. I know you're dodging hurricanes right now. That's uh, we are, um, but uh, I don't think it's going to hit us for about another three hours. I think I'm good. You got you got at least two more beers to drink before the hurricane hits, so you're in good shape. Two, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you for supplying the beers. Thank you for coming on the show. I mean, absolutely. Come for on. Sure. This is a good time. Everybody, everybody's great. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, yep. thank- indeed. Come on back next week. Episode 210. We'll have something new for you, as we always do. Probably won't be on Zoom, but we'll have something new. And we'll have beer. Yeah. We'll have good times. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Uh, You'll hear us next week. Bye. I appreciate it. Have a great night.